0: is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Wolf and Starks is In the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Of course, now we are fortunate enough to be blessed with the presence of a good friend of ours, good friend of the show. Of course, he's a guy that's pretty well known. He is a uh, defensive guru, as I like to call him. Uh, and he'll object to that and all that sort of stuff. But he was a coach, long-time coach up at Penn State. He'd been at UCLA when he loved living out in the California West Coast-like <laughs> environment. And, of course, he was a Steelers secondary coach. Please welcome Tom Bradley. Tommy, how you doing, brother? Doing great, Wolf. How are you? Doing just fabulous. It's good to have you on the show. Glad that you're back, my friend.
2: How is, uh, how is Max match-tolerating you? Is he hanging in there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll have well, to ask Co- him
2: Coach, Co- hey Co- we're
0: having a good time <laughs> Max, we used to do a
2: show called Way In Wednesday before, In case you didn't know it. And you know what? He never made one <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's very true. Now we got the same thing with Max here. I I don't think Max is probably like me. Right? We don't want to do that. Not, you know, come on. Scale,
0: scale, <laughs> scale. Uh,
2: no, yeah, no. I, you know, I, I wolf, mean, I every
0: once in a while I'll measure it.
2: Wolf, I did go uh, look at those graystone shirts and have that wolf on the back. <laughs> that I'm going to get you a couple of those. I just don't know if they come in four x. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it. You know, it, it, Max, am I bleeding? You know, I just got I just got yeah, nailed, you know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> I mean, think I yeah, took right one.
0: in the nose. Right in the nose. Look, <laughs> a little rosy, a little rosy.
1: <laughs> oh, Tommy, let me ask you something, brother. You watched the Buffalo game. Um, we saw a lot of good stuff happening, but talk a little bit about Cam Sutton because I thought he was absolutely brilliant.
2: You know, I'm a big fan of Cam Sutton. I've watched him uh, grow. The things he can do – It's just so many things he can do. You know, even if you look at him, what he did in, uh, you know, when he was in Tennessee and stuff, too, he's just such a versatile player. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can play nickel. He plays nine. He plays all over the field. You know, I, I tease him. He is a true Swiss Army knife with all the things he can do, and he had an excellent game on Sunday, that's for sure.
1: When do you, what did you see from him specifically that, you know, makes you go, yeah, I, I recognize this. I mean, was it the, the flea flicker when he flicked away the flea flicker and the throw, or the fact that he recognized Stefan Diggs running that little route with uh, there's a three-man side and he comes up and uh, it's it's like uh, a little screen pass and he dissolves that thing, eats it up, takes Diggs down for a loss, or was it the Matt Breida deal when he gets up field and, and, and diagnosed that? I just, his football intelligence. Is really off the charts.
2: That's the thing about him that, that he can do. You know, he doesn't even have to practice those places. Some, just he just knows. He basically knows what everybody's doing at all times. I'm sure if you sat down with him, he might even know what the defensive line guys are doing on and what they're supposed to be up to. So he's he's just uh, understands football, and I think that's one of the greatest things about him is that he, he can diagnose things because of the way how, how much football intelligence he does have
0: and also, coach, you know, kind of talk about just kind of with minka as well, right uh you have cam who who is a Swiss army knife, but then you have minka, who is the Swiss army knife with the spoon, right is that upgraded one yeah <laughs> you know, you know no. because he's playing dime backer as well, <laughs> just no, no, I'm about saying, how, how good no, that that is it good point. yeah.
2: You know, Max, that's a great point you just made because I think a lot of people just saw Mink is playing free, he's playing deep, and now that they're bringing him down more and doing some things there, I mean, the one play he made, when he come up and makes that great tackle, you know, Mink is what he is. I mean, he's the best safety in the NFL. And so uh, the fact that he can do those things, that versatility causes quarterbacks a lot of problems.
1: You know, Tom, when I, I, you, you spoke of the play, which I just found so brilliant, was Matt Breida, you know, that guy there, think about it. A couple of years ago, they did a, you know how they clock guys at a certain He was at 22, a smidgen under 23 miles an hour. You know, and I said this yesterday I couldn't go 23 miles an hour on my own if I fell off the edge of the cliff, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Grand Canyon there. I mean, you know, but, but you know, you see, uh, make a come up and stuff. Breda right at the line of scrimmage. And it was, he came from like 15 yards off the ball and was able to track and take an angle so that he perfectly met Breda at the moment when he had the angle and, and the positioning that just made it impossible for Breida to do anything but have to run right into the arms of Benka.
2: Yeah, you know, that's the thing about him that I find so interesting. The fact that, you know, on that particular play, you know, he, he as he came up, he knew that TJ spiked inside. You know, his fit was perfect. If it wasn't perfect, he wouldn't have been able to make that play the way he did with that much force.
1: There's no question about it.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think you know, looking
1: at the game
0: as a whole, and kind of your thought, the game plan going in was to kind of create this confusion, right, for Josh Allen. You know what what he excels at is you know he's going to do what I call the young Ben. Right. He's going to either try and beat you on the arm or then beat you with his legs. And this game plan didn't allow for that. There was a lot more defensive back play, smaller guys. You weren't into your base personnel. Just kind of talk about the ideology about going into that type of game plan. And what did you see from their offense that allowed that to work so well?
2: the one thing about they can do defensively with the people that they have back there, that's a very smart secondary completely across the board, which gives them a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, as you know, Max trying to figure out who's who, right. And uh, and that's yeah. the thing I think that they confused them on because that's, that's a heck of a football team. They beat, you know, that's one of the better teams in the NFL and uh, someone that obviously had Super Bowl aspirations. So I think the way that they moved the pieces around um, caused Buffalo a lot of problems.
1: Well, one of the things that I was totally unexpected by me, and you know what a great secondary mind I am, right? Oh, I do know that. I do know yeah. that. I say that laughingly because when we were up at training camp and Tom was coaching up the defensive backs there, he would take me aside. He was like, no, this is a shuffle step. No, this is a back pedal. <laughs>
2: that's that's how
1: basic we had to get, did we not, Tom, huh?
2: Well, Max, I have to tell you, he would get so excited. Oh, today's backs on backers day, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, and every once while, so he Max, he wanted to do the t-step playing corner. He said, "Oh, is this the, How do you like my footwork here?" Well, Wolf, it's uh, kind of like when you dance. It's not very good.
1: <laughs> True word, I can't deny it. True word. Let me ask you this, brother. One of the things I did not expect was Trey Norwood to be able to come out and and. Put in 68 of 85 reps, and the fact that they played him in the slot, they played him at safety, um, moved him around, which I thought was also kind of pretty cool because it's hard to go at a guy that you don't know exactly where he's going to be uh, post snap, and I thought it was a, a nice wrinkle that was put in by the Steelers.
2: Yeah, I think you've got to give a lot of credit there to to Coach Terrell Austin, the, the Steelers secondary coach, and. You know, Terrell is a, is a heck of a football coach, and I'm sure him and Keith, Keith Butler talked about that, and uh, you know, a lot. But I thought that was pretty cool too, the way they worked him around and not knowing where to find him.
1: I to me, it's almost like you you know they were they were really giving him a great advantage in that you know Josh Allen can't go. Okay, I gotta find I gotta find 21. I gotta find 20. you know. I mean, when you're moving around like that, that's got to be a little more difficult
2: problem when you're just not looking at the same place and you saw you know you, you got to see terrell edmonds playing some center field too you know which is you haven't seen that over the past few oh years. yeah so, good point i mean it, it's a, it's a good the, the secondary with all the moving pieces they have and, and the way you know terrell can get into play in the different spots i thought james pierre had a nice game too mm. you know so they're getting a lot of work out of all those guys back there i mean joe hayden joe you know joe's one of the one of the great guys you're going to ever meet in the NFL. I mean, just a super person, and it's a very smart, intelligent secondary that they're using. Uh, you know, Terrell's getting the most out of being able to move him all over the place.
0: And, and you know, coach, can, can you just give me kind of a mindset? And this is kind of, I think, more of a personal question. Just kind of, in your experience with Terrell Edmonds, what what does Terrell really excel? Like, you know, excel at? Like, what is the personality and How do you see him being the best utilized within this defense?
2: First of all, he's a very physical football player, very intelligent, too. He fits the mold with the rest of those guys back there. And I think that... It, it, Terrell, once he starts to feel comfortable in all the things that he's asked to do, is, is, he's got all the physical tools, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be excited for him to have a great year this show. I'll be surprised if he doesn't, because I think he's a Pro Bowl caliber player with all the tools he does possess, and, and uh, I, you know, I'm really excited to watch his development this year.
1: You know, I got to laugh, because I was just doing a show with him, uh, was it on Tuesday, and I said Terrell. I, I, I said, you know, I, you should get, like, a sponsorship by uh, Omaha Steaks. Then you should spend the offseason squatting with massive weights up and down. Put on 20, 25 pounds. You would be the Ferrari of hybrid linebackers. You know what I mean? Yeah. That dude can play in the box. Him
2: like his brother, huh? trying that? To make him like his brother. Yeah. trying to make him like yeah. his brother. I mean, that's a heck of an athletic family. You know, his dad, of course, you know, played in the NFL. His brothers plays both his brothers play in the NFL, but I – I, I tease him. I think his mother might be the best athlete of all. She ran <laughs> track to Virginia Tech. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no
1: doubt about it. Okay, let me ask you something here. Time before we got to wrap it up. Um, the The Steelers, um, the Steelers had been what they blitzed like forty percent of the time uh, last year. You know, passing downs and so forth. But in reality, they I think they only blitzed anywhere from one to two times. You know. Uh, how much of a difference was that? I mean, that to me it was kind of staggering to see a four-man rush be able to accomplish what they accomplished. I gotta say, I was I was really surprised that we didn't see more dogs.
2: Well, you know, you don't have to. When you got Cam Hayward, I think he was the highest graded, wasn't this week on on uh, Pro Football Focus? Yeah. T.J. Watt came back. Hey, so much for preseason, huh? But um, <laughs> yeah. came back and uh, you know did did just did what T.J. does. Uh, you know, Tyson was good. You know, the, the worm was tough. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's a good group of guys. You know, Melbourne gave him some snaps that uh, put pressure. I and mean, anytime you can get pressure with four on the queue, you know, that's a good thing um, because now you got all the other guys back there to do other things.
1: No question. Now, let me ask you, let me ask you something. Oh, I'm going to just jump ahead of Max here on this one just because it was a, a tumbling in my brain. You always do that,
2: Wolf. You always, Max, he always jumps ahead like this. Sorry. Sorry we're yeah, working yeah. on hand it's signals here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll learn it, Max. Just hang in there, Max, okay?
1: All right. What I love, too, was the fact that they were doing some, some pre-snap stuff where you got two big guys lined up one side. You got the linebackers on the other. And all of a sudden, they'd shuffle them pre-snap does is that something that i mean can it really disturb a quarterback that much or is that just about the offensive line having to recalibrate and say oh i got him i got him i got him
2: well you know wolf you played offensive line so i think you know that that answer because you know when that does happen it's always that split last second uh uh-oh what changed here what changed here you know and i think that's the thing where coach dunbar's been able to maneuver those guys and get the matchups and the way he wants to get that set up and that's what helped
0: with the four man rush yeah and 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 coach just just now now have you seen that before which which you alluded to where you line up double bigs on one side you line double linebackers on the other side and then create that too i mean has that something has that been something that's been in the steelers defensive repertoire or have you seen that in your experience as a d coordinator like calling it that type of way to where it, it's not necessarily an overload but you are kind of overloading weight-wise, you know, having two defensive tackles essentially to one side and then two outside backers on the other and then creating your twists out of those.
2: Yeah, I've seen that done. It's you know it's based on um you know what what they obviously what they felt the Buffalo was doing, but I I've, I've seen that done before just not not this early, you know, they come out of the gate with it right away and I think it's a nice wrinkle that they do have
1: beautiful well Tom I want to thank you so much for jumping in the locker room here I thought we were when when max started talking about overloading weight wise you know on, on the offensive did line I thought anything? I thought you were gonna jump in anything? with another another I joke
2: I did. I'll let him, you'll tell him the joke after the show. But no, I didn't say anything. I kept my poise, unlike you. I kept my poise. I did not say anything. Hey, Max, just make sure you don't go. Have you been out to eat with Wolf yet? Because that's an interesting uh, thing to do that.
0: You know, I, 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 have, I have not, but I've been told to bring a feed bag um, to help him out. Just keep an, eye, keep an
2: eye on your food because it disappears.
1: all right thank you coach appreciate you tom bradley thanks so much all right for wolf starks and the ninjas in the locker room we'll be back after this
0: Locker Room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN
1: Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I gotta love it. I can see Max has got his groove on. He's enjoying this music. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and when you hear that music, you know, it can only be the cool breeze himself. And, of course, that would be our brother Jerry Dulak of the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Game Day broadcast team. And he is brought to you by Frank B. Fuhrer, wholesaler, proud distributor of Bud Light and Coors Light. How are you, Jerry?
3: Wolf, I am fine, and it's a pleasure to be both with you and Max. You know, when I heard that little intro of Wolf and Starks, Stark sounds like a, like a nickname, and I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. That is his last name.
1: <laughs> All we need is Starsky, and then I'd have to be Hutch, though. See, then, you know. <laughs> there,
3: there you go. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you both uh, for another season.
1: Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming in, Jerry. I know that you just heard some of the, uh, the coordinators speaking. Can you give us a little uh, heads up on what might be uh, you writing about tomorrow?
3: Well, you know, Wolf, I think the the most enlightening thing uh, was what uh, uh, Keith Butler had to say uh, about Minka Fitzpatrick. And, you know, for those who pay attention uh, at the game, we saw Minka Fitzpatrick come down in the box. We saw him play uh, the slot corner uh, on several occasions against the Bills. You know, they use four different guys. Uh, as their slot corner, and part of that, they it, it, they wanted to uh, keep Josh Allen guessing. Okay, who's who's the slot guy? Who's the deep safety? And and as part of that, Keith Butler went on to explain, which he has mentioned this to me before, that they want to use uh, Minka a little more in that role. And he said today that not yet, but they would like to use him a little bit more, like Troy Polamalu. Now, let's face it, it takes a special talent. Uh, and a special person to be able to play like Troy Polamalo. And if you remember Wolf when and, and Max when he uh, was drafted by uh, the Dolphins, one of the reasons why he requested a trade is because he didn't like the fact that he was being moved around and couldn't settle in on one position. And when that was, you know, mentioned, of course, again to Keith Butler, he said, "Well, the difference is, is that Minka's now in his third year here." and has a better understanding of the defense. Not a better understanding, a good understanding of the defense. He knows where everybody else is supposed to be, and because of that, he can play more freely. And and think back, fellas, to the play before the fourth and one call in which Cam Sutton blew up that ridiculous play call. Uh, that, that play was only set up because Minka came from 20 yards off the line of scrimmage to make that tackle on Matt Breida on that third and three play. Uh, you know, he set up the fourth and one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come and make that play, like T.J. Watt said, like a missile. Well, then they convert the first down. But those are the things, the physical uh, things that um, and talent things that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is able to do. Not everybody can come and make that play, and that's why they are willing to give him a little bit more freedom. We'll see how much they give him, but what we saw in Buffalo might have been a start to it.
0: Yeah, and Jerry, I mean, isn't that also kind of one of the other things? I mean, let's just face it, when he when he left Miami, Miami didn't know which way was up also. Right. So there wasn't a clear leadership structure there in Miami. And now he's on a team where you have veterans that are vocal, like a Cam Hayward, right? You know, a guy who's going to be very vocal in that on that side of the ball. You're there with the Joe Hayden. You have these respected all pro pro bowl caliber guys, So you kind of fit into the system a little bit more, right? As opposed to, you know, trying to make yourself stand out. And it's just, he's a natural player that can do that. But, you know, even more so when you talk about the quarter, like how, how rare is it to have so much versatility in that secondary between Minka, between Cam Sutton, between, you know, the youth of Trey Norwood and James Pierre and really be able to move those guys. And they're getting, that experience at a lot of different positions to where you really have to study and the problem that that presents to an opposing offense.
3: Yeah, to your latter point, Max, you're 100% right. You look at Cam Sutton, who can play every position uh, in that defense, certainly in the secondary. Then you have Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a safety play in a slot corner. You have Trey Norwood, who's being used at safety, being able to play uh, that slot corner. So the versatility, uh, th- that's what they're trying to uh, to take advantage of. Uh, to your earlier point, um, I agree with you 100%. Minka Fitzpatrick at the time was drafted by the Dolphins who were a losing team who was people were accusing them of tanking their games to, you know, tanking for Tua. And they were trading away a lot of guys. And he felt he was playing, uh, you know, he was in a losing situation. Now he comes to the Steelers, let's face it, entirely different situation, a, a winning championship team and a uh, top-tier defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's a different situation going from the Dolphins and then coming to the Steelers and thinking, OK, uh, I have all these guys around me. They've been around around here for years. They know what they're doing. It makes it a whole lot easier for him. No question. and makes it more amenable for him. You know, Keith Butler said when he approached Nika about wanting to move him around, he said he was he was in 100 percent. He was gung ho for the move. So there was no reservation about doing it here.
1: You know what's so amazing about this? You know, I think about it, it's like Kevin Goldberg goes up and trades, you know, and, and people got a little dusted up about trading a one. I think Minka's worth two ones. I think Minka's, you know, I think, you know, you tank for Tua. Well, they should have maintained for Minka. It's what the Dolphins should have done. You know, I mean, I I just sit there going, this guy is so good. He's easily as good on the back end as almost any quarterback in the league on on the offense. I mean, it's to me, in my mind, that Steelers got the greatest deal in that.
3: Oh, don't say that too loud around Kevin Colbert. They don't want to pay Minka like T.J. Watt more money. Than I about, but, Oops. But they're going to pay. They're going to pay him a lot of money next year uh, because they like him. They want to keep him. It's the same thing with T.J. Watt. They know they have to pay him, and uh, they're prepared to do so. Which was the other reason why they wanted to get T.J. Watt's uh, business out of the way um, uh, this year. But yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. If they traded him now, Wolf, you're right. They'd get two number ones. Uh, uh, for the guy and uh, he's one of the top safeties in the league and uh, you you just saw the other day 10 tackles in Buffalo he was all over the field and uh, you know got to be real careful sometimes you know what happened Uh, you know as as Max sometimes Troy would get himself out of position but they had the players who were able to recover and cover for him and sometimes you have to be careful with that but if you have the veterans uh who know how to do that, then you can get away with it a little bit more.
0: Uh Jerry, did 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 you did, did Matt Canada speak as well uh, from the offensive yes, perspective? Did. Yes he did. Yeah, what, what what did he say as far as about Najee and kind of the, the groove and the difference in the run game from the first half to the second
3: half? Did they did he address that at all? Well the first question I asked him was um was the intention to play Najee every snap. I mean, I don't think I've ever, ever seen that. In fact, I know I've never seen that in the entire time that I've been around the Steelers. Um, And as for the run game, he just, you know, he didn't get too specific about it, um, but he thought, um, you know, he thought they have to do better. But then as he said, he goes, I always think we have to do better. He said, if we run the ball for 100-some yards, 150 yards, I always feel we have to do better. Um, But he he thought that the young offensive line, um, as the game went on, got better. And, you know, that 18-yard run by Najee, uh, you know, was indicative that it got better, uh, you know, as, as the game went on. Um, but, I, you know, Max, I, I, I expect to see a heavier dose of Najee Harris uh, on, on Sunday. I think what he did talk about, and Ben had mentioned this the other day, is that on that final drive, when everybody thought, okay, well they're gonna run the ball and hey, that's the purpose of, of doing what they have done in the offseason, taking the air out of the ball and running it down somebody's throat when they have the lead. But the Steelers came out and they threw it on seven of those nine plays uh, you know, to set up that final field goal. And he said and I said, Where's the where is, you know, the kind of balance between wanting to be aggressive but also, you know, what are the Bills doing, you know, taking away from you? And he said the Bills lined up. They were expecting them to run the ball as well. And he thought, okay, we're going to throw the ball. We want to stay aggressive. So, I, you know, it was a little surprising based on everything they did this offseason, you know, when they didn't come out and run the ball there. But they, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger, they felt, hey, we'll do what we have to do. They did. Again, they threw it seven of the nine times. And went, you know, they went down and got the field goal. And kind of uh, cemented the game away.
1: You know, one of the un- unsung stories uh, maybe that is floating out there a little bit, I think, below the radar, is just what a, a jump Pat Fryermuth made. And coming along, and let's face it, I, I, I was I, – I shouldn't – maybe my expectations were a little bit too high for him uh, as a blocker, but – He had a great block on Najee's nine yard run. He had a great block on Chase Claypool's 25 yard end around. And then he came up with a big 20, 25 yard catch uh when you needed it most you know when times were getting a little uh, you know clutch there in the second half and i i thought you know this kid really made a big step forward in my mind as a pro i expected him to get better as a blocker i mean he, it's not like he's an unwilling participant he gets in there he goes after it but he was effective and i thought man what a nice job he did on sunday
3: yeah, Wolf and he even started the game. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to start every game, you know right. because it depends on what formation they want to come out with, as you well know, and how they want to attack a team. But I think that just points up the uh, the faith and and confidence that they have in this guy, just like with Trey Norwood on the other side of the ball. I mean, starting this guy against the bills, you know, at a position he rarely you know rarely played in the pe- in the preseason. Um, but yeah, P- Pat firemouth of Penn State, you know, he, look, he's not he's not heath miller he's not vance mcdonald he's not mark bruner as a blocker um and i'm not going to say yet because maybe he won't be but but he's willing and he's smart and um he's one of those guys who doesn't make the same mistake twice and i've seen him a couple times in the preseason you know aggressively go and pancake a couple guys okay now i know maybe a, a you know a a smaller linebacker or a safety but nonetheless i think it points up his willingness to get better. And we know how he catches the ball and um, they, I they're going to rely on this guy a lot. They have, they have great confidence in him, and, and he was targeted. I think that was his only target. I think as you go on um, as, as this season goes on, you're obviously you're going to see him targeted a lot more. And especially, especially in the red zone.
0: Jerry, is it, I mean, in today's NFL, the way that the tight end position has kind of evolved, Right. You know, the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, the Gronks, I mean, Zach Ertz. I mean, is it even as necessary to have that guy be a great blocker? I mean, because he's a guy that you could flex out um, and put him in a split position. And because of his athleticism and his range, um, you know, for where the, the ball zone is for him. I mean, is it that important? I mean, are we seeing this now? Is this shift finally hitting Pittsburgh where we... Where the, the tight end is now kind of that flex guy, or do we still, you know, heavily depend on that kind of inline blocker style and just kind of safety, safety relief on the seam type of player?
3: Well, you know, Max. Uh, of course, um, Eric Ebron was brought in and is that flex guy. Oh, they'll line him in line occasionally, but usually it's it's not terribly effective. And so by having Pat Fryermuth, um, they feel he can be both. Uh, that he can be an inline guy, but he's another guy. I mean, Eric Ebron is a down-the-seams guy. We've seen that, and, and that's the way they want to use him. Uh, but they feel that, that Pat Friermuth can be can be both. And next year, um, I highly doubt they are going to bring back Eric Ebron. And, um, you know, Pat Friermuth is going to ascend in that role. He's going to be the number one, and he's going to be the guy who does both. He's going to be a lot like uh, Heath Miller. Um, that's what they think. And and he has the capability to do both yes we know he's a terrific receiver but we'll see how he evolves uh, as a blocker he probably needs to get a, you know a little stronger a little bigger but uh you know with, in today's nfl with the way these tight ends play uh you want that guy to be able to go down the field i think friar mooth is more along the lines uh, of the guys you mentioned uh, uh you know kittle uh those guys as opposed to what we're going to see from the Las Vegas Raiders with Darren Waller, who, let's face it, is just a big wide out. And, that, and that's okay. That's the way they utilize them. Um, I think Pat Frymuth can be both, uh, you know, maybe not as athletic and fast as, um, as Darren Waller, but more in the line of the other guys at top tight ends, uh, you know, Kittle, uh, Ertz,
1: and those guys. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for coming in the locker room with us. We appreciate you so much, brother.
3: Well, Wolf, I look forward to being with you guys every week, and always good chatting with you. Max, I'll see you, my man. I'll see you at the game. All
1: right. All right and that's, see you Sunday. That's Jerry Dulock, and he's brought to you by Frank B. Fuhrer, wholesaler, proud distributors of Bud Light and Coors Light. We'll be back with more after this.
0: In the locker room
1: with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, one of the things that I went back and watched some more film of uh, the Buffalo game, and one of the things that I—I I, I, I guess it, it didn't strike me as hard as it did a couple days later. But I mean, Cam Hayward put in a Joe Green-like performance. When you think about it, you got no on to it. You know, you you go out and you blitz maybe once or twice in 54 pass attempts. But Cam Hayward had 12 pressures, had a sack, had a forced fumble, a pass defense. I mean, he was phenomenal. And, I, you know, I knew he was phenomenal, but it's almost like you start to expect that type of performance from Cam all the time. You know what I'm talking about, Max?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it was... I can't. I can't call it out of body experience, right? Because, yeah.
1: <laughs> because <laughs> no, you know, your body's Cam, too big. Anyhow, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't get out of your body, but you can go through other bodies. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and he did, yes. <laughs> and he did very, very frequently. John Feliciano, I think, learned how how to do crisscross applesauce in football pads mm. um, because of Sunday. Uh, but I think it's one of those things you you want to see. A dominant player dominate a game in those right. moments. But you don't want to get dependent upon that one guy starting everything. You want to be able to have multiple players kick in like they did to create a wave of confusion at any point on that of those 11 defensive spots.
1: You know, as well as I do, when you're an offensive lineman and you are responsible maybe – Uh, maybe you're responsible for, I don't know, half of those pressures or maybe all those pressures. I mean, how bad do you not want to go to the meeting? I mean, it's like so terrible. You're like, you know, maybe maybe I'll get lucky and drop dead before the film starts, you know? Maybe something, there'll be a hole in the earth and I'll just fall through. Anything, but to have to watch that film and suffer through it. And again, if you haven't had... Or been lit up like that, or been beaten it down like that. Uh, you know, in your career, you simply have not played very long in the NFL. I
0: was about to say, yeah, you hadn't played long enough, right? Yeah. the old adage that for Batman, you become the, you, you remain the hero long enough to become the villain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 nice. is that is one of those moments where. The, you just you want to fall through the earth in that moment, and, and 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 that is one of the things you're you're you are trying to put your hoodie on and try and zip it as close as possible to your face. To only thing you have out <laughs> is your nose because you need to breathe. That's it. You don't want to be seen
1: at all. You know that <laughs> is just such a terrible moment, and I you know afterwards you feel for him because we know what it's like. I mean everybody, and again it's been there, but again the superb performance put in by uh by cam hayward is like phenomenal just phenomenal so absolutely all right max we're we're down to the last few seconds here want to thank you for checking in as always you're just doing a great job young man and i know that you got more of the kids going on and all things and but we'll see you tomorrow won't you won't we All right, yes. I can't wait for Fat Man Fridays. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it indeed. All right, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. For Max Starks, this is Craig Wolfley. And uh, for the Ninjas in the locker room, we'll be back tomorrow.